This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking election day. I see the lights going wild over here. It's because I got election coverage over here on the big TV. We're going to be going to here in just a second. Polls have closed in Virginia, getting ready to close, or just have closed in New Jersey. Those are the two governorships that are up for election tonight. Virginia is really the one to watch. We're also going to be talking about the election in Minneapolis to get rid of the police. Plus, we are indeed going to break down day one of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Bernie is big mad at the Democrats for the cuts that they have made to the budget bill. Oh, 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 get this. The QAnon fucks gathered today at Dealey Plaza in Dallas because they thought JFK Jr., who has been dead for almost 30 years now, 25, something like that. They think he's actually still alive and that he was going to reveal himself today on the grassy knoll and make an announcement. Spoiler alert, that did not happen. As far as I know, maybe it's happened in the last little bit and I didn't know about it. We are getting... um, we are getting results in from Virginia. About 34% of the precincts are reporting 22 years ago. For some reason, I thought it was earlier in the 90s. I thought it was like 94, 95. July 1999 is when JFK Jr. died. Thank you, Warlord. This is my... Super Tuesday coverage, as I'm calling it. That's when we go long on a Tuesday, which is going to be a regular thing from now on. Uh, God, it's tight. Right now, with the polls that are reporting, which should be predominantly the red part of the state, Yunkin up slightly over McAuliffe in Virginia. We're going to try to run down some news before we get to all that. Oh shit, there's Dan Crenshaw. I totally did not plan that, I swear. Just in case you guys weren't aware, I would give everything I own to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Also, our friend Jake that stopped by last night apparently did a show about me. Will we get a chance to talk about it tonight? Maybe. Maybe. Jake's a lefty and is being attacked by the Muffin Man. Attacked. Attacked. Did I attack him? Did I attack this dumb motherfucker? The way he attacked the trans community. Or the non-binary community. I did not, Warlord. I did I did not attack him. I pointed out the hypocrisy of his position relative to his supposed Christian beliefs. 
I pointed out that his political philosophy comes down to the fact that he's upset that the government and big corporations don't pander to his straight, cis, Christian, male, boomer ass. Well, if you don't like loud people, you are in the wrong Twitch channel, sir. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you wanna do you wanna go ahead and go over to the election screen? Let's see what's going on in Virginia. Voters. And that's gonna be What the fuck? Yeah. The polls have just closed there. Any data yet so far to look at. Let's take this will be look. New Jersey. Go back to the New Jersey map, and the answer is no. That's why there was no drum roll. Okay, that's why there was no drum roll. We we plot all this stuff out. No drum roll yet. But hey, look, it's fully transparent, right? You're going to see the vote as we collect it, and you get it. And when it does start to come in, look, the pre-election polling had Murphy up. It's a Democratic state, Mm -hmm. you know. But we are going to want to see some votes before we can tell you what's going on. All right. Well, let's ask about um, independent voters, right? Because there's been a lot of talk about the attempt. Now, right now in Virginia. We have about 41% of the vote reported. Yunkin up 56% to 44% for McAuliffe. All right, they're, they're, they're back to the Virginia race now. Throughout the night is Yunkin in a Democratic state, in a state that voted for Biden by 10 points, probably can't win unless he flips some of those voters. So where do you start with that? You start with people who at least consider themselves independents, even if they routinely vote for one party over the other. And then the other thing that you want to look at, um, you want to look at African-American voters. Oh, God, Tones. I'm so sorry. But he also needs high turnout from from African-American voters. Okay, so that's good vibes headed your way. The men and and women voters split. You've got men going for Yunkin and you've got women at 5347 from McAuliffe. I think this is going to be telling as we get back into those suburban areas, the, the women's vote especially in northern Virginia, especially in those suburban areas where Democrats have done so well over the years that McAuliffe needs to do well on tonight. Anthony, according to the exit poll data so far, this looks to be a demographically slightly different electorate than it was in 2020, a little bit older. What does that tell us? And what have you seen so far in the African-American vote, either in the exits or in the actual data? Because young people tend to vote Democratic, anytime you have an electorate that skews older, you get a more Republican electorate. And I think where that starts to manifest itself is you've got more than four million that turned out in the presidential. You get three million tonight. And that difference, if it's young people staying home. This is my election headband. And the African-American vote. Anything we've seen so far? So far. Reusing my bandana and background from last year. As a a portion of the election. Much, much different election night than it was last year, though, guys. From the exit poll. and And I ain't drinking tonight. And the decision desk is right. But you guys pay for it. Socially distanced, but very nearby. Very nearby. In fact, so, you know, you can start to hear us chat and say, wait a second, what about this? What about that? As we start to go through all these numbers right there, and then I'll just jump up and, and tell you. That Excellent. sounds great. Anthony Salvanto, thank you so much. And he'll just jump up and tell us. Political reporter Adam Brewster joins us now from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Adam, we're hearing about technical issues at some of the polling locations, and there was maybe something proper for a court. What can you tell us? 
I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and delve into the news while we're waiting for the election to heat up. Kind of cover what's going on. We have this wild-ass fact. The Dow just closed above the 36,000 mark for the very first time. Hopefully no technical issues for me tonight. Oh, oh. I thought uh, I thought they were meaning technical issues on their end. I was... I was uh, not paying attention. I thought they meant CBS News was having technical issues. By the way, I'm open to switching over to MSNBC's The Choice because apparently they'll have Steve Karnacki. Karnacki's pretty good. It's your it's your guys' choice. I went with CBS because it's the more kind of neutral, as they call it. The Dow just closed above the 36,000 mark for the first time. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 36,000 on Tuesday, a day after it briefly topped the milestone for the first time ever. The 1,000-point milestones on their own don't carry much significance in terms of market fundamentals or even technicals. But some analysts contend they are at least uh, symbolically important as the bull market recovery from the pandemic-induced bear market of spring 2020 steams on. move also put the spotlight on a 1999 book Dow 36,000 that had predicted that stocks would quadruple within a few years the close above 36,000 marks the Dow's 6 1,000 point milestone of 2021 the most ever seen in a single year remember the Republicans said the stock market was going to crash Trump specifically said the stock market was going to crash if Biden was elected Turns out that was a lie. You're exactly right, Dustin. That's what I was getting ready to get to. The market is completely disconnected from reality. Obviously, however, such moves are less impressive on a percentage basis. The higher the Dow climbs, the move between 35,000 and 36,000 marks a mere 2.9% rise. But every, every single goddamn right-winger will tell you that, like, Oh, the Biden economy! The Biden economy! Exactly. I, that's one of the things that I stress all the time. To the extent that presidents have an effect on the economy, it takes a couple of years. So if you don't like the economy right now, that's Trump. You liked all those unemployment numbers, the black unemployment rate like the Republicans like to throw up. That was Obama. <laughs> how's how's the uh, Johnson economy coming along, warlord? There are strikes uh, all over the UK, as I understand it. A, a segment of which are actually right-wingers. But I think like the majority of strikers here in the U.S., they want better working conditions. 
The IRS today is issuing more than $510 million in refunds to adjust unemployment compensation from previously filed income tax returns. According to the IRS, the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 excluded up to $10,200 in 2020 unemployment compensation from taxable income calculations. The plan became law in March after much of that money was already paid to the IRS. If you overpaid, the IRS will either issue a refund or apply the money to other outstanding tax or federal or state debts owed. According to the IRS, the latest batch of refunds affected over 519,000 returns, with 430,000 taxpayers receiving an average of $1,189. IRS has issued over 11.7 million refunds so far this year, totaling 14.4 billion. So if you got you a little extra money, that's why. That's why money was deposited into your account. Speaking of money, Bernie Sanders upset about what the Democrats have done to the Biden budget bill. So we drop what's most popular. Sanders asked Democrats, when 41% of the American people tell us that their top priority is for U.S. to expand Medicare to include dental and vision benefits, what should we do? We should listen to the people. Sanders was referring to a proposal to add dental and vision benefits to Medicare coverage, a plan that U.S. voters identified as their top priority for Democrats' emerging reconciliation package, according to a morning consult Politico poll released today. Last week, however, the Biden administration released an updated reconciliation framework that excluded dental and vision for Medicare recipients. Apparently, they only want to go with hearing because it's the cheapest. Dental industry groups and large insurers objected to and lobbied against the proposed expansion because, of course, they did. The new Build Back Better framework would still add hearing benefits to Medicare. Sanders, though, the leading champion of Medicare expansion in Congress, vocally criticized the administration's decision to drop the dental and vision coverage and indicated that he would continue working to include the benefits in the final reconciliation package. On Tuesday, HuffPost's Igor Bobic tweeted that he saw Sanders showing Senate Democrats the morning consult Politico survey, which found that 41% of U.S. voters see adding dental and vision to uh, Medicare as their number one hope for the Build Back Better Act. In a pair of tweets on Tuesday, Sanders once again highlighted the morning consult Politico survey and wrote, maybe, just maybe, Congress should respond to the demands of the American people and finally expand Medicare to cover dental, vision, and hearing. When 41% of the American people tell us their top priority is for the U.S. to expand Medicare to include dental and vision benefits, one of the most popular items in the Build Back Better agenda, what should we do? We should listen to the people and we should get it done. Fuck yeah, Bernie. The third most popular proposal from the original Build Back Better package, according to the new poll, is allowing Medicare to directly negotiate prescription drug prices with pharmaceutical companies. Apparently, they have been able to get cinema on board with that as of today, but we'll see how that pans out. Let's head back over to election coverage. Still too close to call in Virginia. 
an enormous jump in participation in early voting, and we're on track potentially to crack that record of uh, maybe even 3 million people participating. But the open question is, who does that benefit? It's not clear that that necessarily benefits Democrats. And part of what we're seeing in the early returns, and still it's early, these smaller rural counties come in first, the larger urban counties come in later, but those rural counties have been surpassing their 2017, sometimes even 2020, so a presidential year performance, showing the Yunkin, one of the, the key parts of him winning this election is by blowing it out in those southwestern Virginia smaller. Now, if you will remember last year's election night coverage, I actually had a young lady get incredibly upset with me for saying that there are large swaths of Virginia that are red. Something I didn't think was up for debate. But hey, if, if, if perhaps you are listening tonight, what I tell you? Well, look, I think it's unavoidable that Biden and his performance and his sort of, you know, sagging approval ratings across the country, but in particular in Virginia, are being felt right now. And Democrats know that there's sort of a, the, it's inevitable in that part of what happens in, in the White House, the party in power gets tied to whomever has that D or R next to their name. Republicans felt it during the Trump era. There was enormous backlash to Republicans in 2018. Democrats retook the House that year. And Democrats are in a lot of ways feeling that. And, and the depths to which Biden has sort of slipped here, I think, is maybe even surprising Democrats just a touch, too, that, that things have fallen quite as much as they have. I, I don't know what what is surprising. Just a year ago is now so close. And in fact, Youngkin has been leading in the polls of late. Uh, it's just, again, a sign that, that, that performance on a federal level can have a deep impact, even on the state, and particularly in a state that is obviously, you know, part of sort of the D.C. suburbs, part of the D.C. larger area. Uh, Northern- so still 46% of the vote reported in Virginia. 2% reported in New Jersey. Currently, Phil Murphy is up with 70% of the vote. It's on the screen right there. I was reading from 538.com. And we heard Terry McAuliffe talk um, early on about you know the pandemic, obviously, and um, the way in which um, Republicans versus Democrats seem to be approaching that issue. But Minnesota polls close in an hour or less than an hour. We're going to be highlighting uh, that, the referendum on the police in Minnesota. Uh, But before then, let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's go over the opening arguments happening today. This is a piece from CNN earlier today. What are we hearing from the lawyers in these opening statements? How are they laying out their respective cases? Um, no, that would be um, 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 7 p.m. their time. Wouldn't it? 8 p.m. my time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. my time, or no, 8 p.m. my time, 7 p.m. their time. That's usually like usually they're open seven to seven or seven to eight. Uh, nine o'clock would be cool. 
Well, both are laying the foundations. Let's start with the prosecution, who we heard from first this morning. They're making the case that this is not a case of self-defense. In fact, they're saying Kyle Rittenhouse never should have had a gun on that night because under Wisconsin... He's illegally armed! It's illegal for anyone under the age of 18 to purchase a gun. They're saying it's not a case of self-defense and pointing out who they will bring it to the stand over the next two weeks. Also essentially saying Kyle Rittenhouse showed up for a fight. By contrast, the defense is saying just the opposite. Some of them are going to uh, bring the same witnesses to the stand. We will hear likely different stories from those witnesses. The defense saying this was a case of self-defense, painting the picture of who Kyle Rittenhouse was, telling us that he has ties to Kenosha. Also early in uh, the defense's opening statements saying that Rittenhouse was a lifeguard, really painting the picture that Rittenhouse was someone who was passionate, who was in Kenosha to help protect property and uh, offering his services to business owners. Listen in to some of those uh, opening statements and we'll begin with the prosecution. Sunday night and Monday night were two of the roughest nights that our community has ever seen. We are well aware of the damage. Fortunately, in the entire sequence of events, this was all property damage. And one of the things we all agreed on yesterday is life is more important than property. Mr. Binger makes a big thing out of Kyle Rittenhouse was the only person who shot somebody that evening. Well now I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna set you guys up. My my take on it is the most likely scenario is a hung jury. So be prepared for that. And I think probably the end of next week is when we're going to get a verdict. We'll see how fast the trial goes. I will be here carrying the verdict live whenever it comes in. But be prepared. I would say that a hung jury is the most likely scenario. If the, if the prosecution is competent. True. Mr. Rittenhouse was the only person who was chased by Joseph Rosenbaum that evening. So both sides highlighting what they believe the evidence... Yeah, they mentioned FBI footage where they were doing like infrared surveying of the area gonna be interesting we'll show the prosecution very textbook presenting a linear case in its opening arguments by contrast the defense doing something the judge even called unusual showing video and pictures during the opening statement anna Adrian Broadus, thank you for that. Let's bring in CNN senior legal analyst Laura Coates. She's also a former federal prosecutor. And Laura, one thing that has stood out from what we've heard so far in the opening statement is that we will hear directly from Rittenhouse in this trial. He will. He's going to take the stand. Wow. 
Well, you know, it should come as no surprise. Even oh, yeah, they're past discovery. Somebody like him. He had a very... We're, we're into the actual trial now. Even after the shooting, if you can recall, this was something that was a bit of a flashpoint about protecting this defendant very early on. Remember, he was allowed to not only walk by police officers to turn himself in later on, and a lot of support because it came at an inflection point in our society. The idea of the um, focus on supposed rioters and looters and arsonists. Oh, Scrappy hit the weed. I don't really have weed. I've got some scraps. I don't even know if there's enough for a hit in here. On his previous popularity, so to speak, with respect to that issue. However, he better be prepared to actually come on with a very strong defense about self-defense. You're now you can be certain I'm not high enough for tonight. To protect somebody else's property, to engage in lethal force. It's the notion of kill or be killed. We learned a lot during the Derek Chauvin trial, for example, although that's an officer, but the same thematics are true. The idea of... Now, I want you, I want you guys to remember, you can always go back and you can... Watch the interview I did with Kyle. Would have been around Thanksgiving because I had the I had the Thanksgiving graphics on. Did a live interview with Kyle Rittenhouse here on the Troll Patrol. Now some people got a little upset with me. I don't know why. Yes. If you are joining for the Kyle Rittenhouse interview, give me just one moment. Let's let's get him on the line here. I spoke to him right before the show started. All right. Yeah, we'll get this worked up over here. This is my most downvoted video on YouTube. Business for 20 years. And me, a guy that does a show called The Troll Patrol, that promotes himself as King Troll of the Internet. Would I troll you? Really? Seriously. <laughs> All right, so here we go. All I cracked right. myself up. I think we got him here. All right, now the moment you have all been waiting for. Joining us on the stream, Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle, welcome to the stream. How are you tonight? Hi. I'm good, Justin. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Hi. Thank you for being here with us. You are a hot topic on the minds of everybody. Now, you spent... Uh, you so there you go. That's that's the interview I did with Kyle Rittenhouse. Here, I'm going to drop the link into the chat. <laughs> Oh, please go go check it out. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> oh fuck. Let's get into what actually happened today in the courtroom past opening arguments. Seven takeaways from the first day of testimony in Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial. Trial opens with dueling portraits of Rittenhouse. Defense immediately puts men Rittenhouse shot on trial during the defense team's opening statement. Richards immediately pointed the finger at Joseph Rosenbaum, the first man shot. Richards showed pictures of Rosenbaum participating in a dumpster fire, confronting armed people and waving a chain prior to the shooting. As Rittenhouse fled the scene, he shot both Anthony Huber and Gage Gruskin. Grosquintz, I fucked his name up. When they tried to stop him, Richards said they attacked his client like animals. Bullshit. Oh, you want a Rand Paul interview? I, we might be able to work that out. Rittenhouse attorneys hint teen may testify at several points during his opening. Richards suggested jurors would hear from Kyle during the trial. Outside the courtroom, he acknowledged he intimidated 
that Rittenhouse would testify. Outside the courtroom, or outside the courtroom, he acknowledged he intimidated that Rittenhouse would testify. Intimated, I'm sorry. Fuck me. I'm not high enough for this shit. But he stopped short of promising that the teen would take the stand. So maybe he testifies, maybe he doesn't. Rosenbaum died from a bullet wound in his back. Rittenhouse, who had boasted earlier in the evening that he was a medic and was carrying a first aid kit, did not try to help Rosenbaum after shooting him. He ran away. An FBI spy plane was flying over Kenosha that night, taking infrared images. FBI agent Brandon Crayman played jurors the video, which prosecutors say shows Rittenhouse was one of the one of the ones who first followed Rosenbaum and initiated the interaction. Yes. The defense suggests it helps prove their case because it also shows Rosenbaum chasing Rittenhouse. The grainy black and white video was taken by Crayman in an airplane flying 8,500 feet overhead. None of the fuzzy figures on the ground were immediately identifiable to spectators in the gallery. Rittenhouse's friend acknowledged he purchased the AR-15 style rifle used in the shooting because Rittenhouse wasn't old enough to purchase it for himself. Dominique Black said he planned to keep the gun at his stepfather's house until Rittenhouse was legally old enough to possess it. But Rittenhouse grabbed the gun before they headed out to guard a used car lot the night of the shooting. Under defense questioning, Black acknowledged he didn't do anything to stop Rittenhouse from taking the weapon that night and, in fact, went with him to get chest straps to carry the firearm while patrolling downtown. Black could still go to prison for buying the gun. Black faces up to 12 years in prison for intentionally supplying a minor with a weapon used to kill two people. He did not receive immunity or any other legal deal in exchange for testifying against his friend. When pressed by Rittenhouse's attorney, Black acknowledged he was hoping for the best possible outcome in his case. I think it's cut and dry, but like... I totally think there are bound to be at least one or two people on the jury that will not convict this motherfucker for anything. Seriously. No matter what, I don't think they'll convict him. Now, CBS is actually going over the case right now. Let's hear what they have to say. With President Trump and conservatives rallying to support Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse's attorney alluded today that Rittenhouse himself would take the stand during the trial, which is expected to last about two weeks. Lana? Nancy, thank you. Coming up after the break, authorities recover a cargo plane that crashed off the coast of Hawaii in July. How long it could take to figure out what happened. And as disruptions to the global supply chain continue, we'll take a closer look at the journey goods make. They ain't got nothing for us right now. Currently, 51% of the vote is in. Yunkin still at 56%. Free hat! Oh my god! I miss old school South Park. I miss South Park, period. It's time for South Park. We've still got like 23 days until new South Park. This, this is a hilarious story. Oh, it was like Hat McAuliffe. <laughs> oh, God. 
MAGA fangirl was actually an undercover researcher, and she is ready to spill the far-right secrets. I don't know what secrets they have. We know everything about them. I've been undercover as a MAGA since 2020 of November. Woman repeatedly pictured at far-right rallies over the past year says she was working undercover as part of a personal research project into extremism. In a tweet on Saturday, the woman, who identified herself as Amanda Moore, revealed that she had been cultivating relationships with prominent far-right figures since November of last year. Hey everyone, my name is Amanda, and I've been undercover as a MAGA since the 2020 November Stop the Steal rally in Washington. Prior to this weekend, Moore had been operating the anonymous Twitter account Frank the Turtle under <laughs> under the handle Cancel the Mob. Moore's once anonymous Twitter account had previously been cited in the media for its analysis of the far right. In photographs accompanying her tweet, Moore showed herself posing with high-profile individuals such as Michael Flynn, the former national uh, national security advisor. Apparently, fucking Flynn has been propositioning people to blackmail. Republican officials, the former national security advisor turned QAnon celebrity as well as Vincent Fuchsia, a man that QAnon followers believe is actually John F. Kennedy Jr. More more on that here in a second. Moore noted that she had ultimately decided to come forward after her identity was uncovered by a QAnon promoter who shared her name with another far right uh, with other far right individuals. So it was okay to continue going to straight-up Nazi events, but have recently learned my friends in that world have also found out. During her year posing as a supporter of foreign President Donald Trump, Moore says she was able to record her interactions with some of the far right's biggest names. What? Apparently, the account has been suspended. Well, that's some shit. A slew of photographs shared by Moore show her with everyone from Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene to MyPillow CEO and election fraud conspiracy theorist Mike Lindell. Moore further noted that just a handful of researchers and journalists were aware of her undercover work. Some of the best researchers and journalists in the field have known what I was doing from day one. I've outed myself to local anti-fascist groups and protesters in nearly every city I've been to, asking for their help on who I should keep an eye out for. Amanda's revelation unsurprisingly was met with mixed reviews, although her work was largely applauded by the left and condemned by the right. Some left-wing activists accused her of going too far. Imagine if the at cancel culture or at cancel mob had gone undercover as a cop, participated in violence against people of color and then called it a social experiment to help further the cause of justice. I mean, she wasn't committing any violent acts that we know of. So that seems like a false analogy to me. And other activists that have gone undercover have been incredibly valuable. Others on Twitter, uh, Twitter, others on Twitter argued that going undercover and putting to a record what fascists are saying in private is actually a critical component of anti-fascist organizing. Speaking with the Daily Dot, Moore responded to the criticism by encouraging left-wing activists to go fight fascism in whatever manner they see fit. Fuck Nazis.
So they have it right now, leaning Yunkin. Among some Republicans about the discussion over election integrity potentially causing some Republicans to stay home. Based on what we're seeing right now in Virginia, and obviously, again, it's still more vote to come, but in places like Loudoun County, what is your sense of that concern about the discussion of election integrity in Republican circles and the effect potentially that it may or may not have had on Republican voters? Well, first of all, I don't think any Republicans are staying home. Uh, Glenn Youngkin has urged everybody to vote. I have urged everybody to vote. And even Trump has urged them to vote, so... And, uh, and I believe they are. So if there's nobody staying home, and there's been zero discussion of that other than anything other than encouragement. Now, I will say on right, right-wing sites, I was trolling today that they were telling people to go out and vote. And I was like, no, 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 Trump told you not to vote. And there were plenty of people in the comments who were like, yeah, it's rigged. I'm not voting. So, but that's anecdotal. Somebody had already requested an absentee ballot in her name. I mean, she was only allowed to vote provisionally. This is the former first lady of Virginia. So, uh, you know, with that little worrisome report, uh, we don't think that's going to be a problem. We don't think there's really an issue about election integrity. And we know that all the Republicans have been urged to vote and are voting. I troll the depths, sir. I remember when I first moved to the greater Washington area, you were running for governor. And if I, if I remember correctly, you ran on a campaign of abolishing the car tax. Do I have that right? You did. You did. Okay. Exactly well, Glenn right. Youngkin has identified the grocery tax in Virginia as an issue that he wants to repeal. In addition to education, how much has the larger... We are currently at 58% of precincts reporting. McAuliffe has closed it just a little bit. Youngkin now up 55% to 44%. And safety of the schools has become the most dominant issue. But the economic issues are important. And there are a couple of things. I'm sorry you're not enjoying your flu shot, but you will enjoy that protection from the flu. As being a burden on regular working people and people of modest means. And he's determined to get rid of that the same way that I was reducing the car tax. And second of all, frankly, inflation is a real issue. I think it's an issue nationwide, but it's a real issue in Virginia. I go to the grocery store. I see it myself. People go to the gas station and they see it. And this is a tax. This is a tax on people of limited means. This is a tax on senior citizens with limited income. This is a tax on working people of modest means. Every time that the prices go up, then that becomes an issue. And right now the Democrats are in charge, both in Richmond and in Washington. They're responsible for this. Well, they, 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 They're not responsible for this. They haven't had a chance to institute any kind of policies. Governor, former President Trump, as you know, held a tele-rally for Glenn Youngkin. Because Youngkin didn't want him there with him. ...helpful from the former president in a place like Virginia? You know, I think the major point to make is that Glenn Youngkin has not relied on any outside people. He's focused on Virginians and running in Virginia, and that's what we've done. So No, he did not want Trump there because the game was to utilize Trump's base while not mentioning Trump because Trump motivates Democrats to turn out. Because, because keeping the turnout depressed was the key to winning in this race, and they may have succeeded. We have one of two choices. If you want a surrogate to come in, it better be former President Trump, because if it isn't, you're going to get crossways somehow with a former president. And if you don't have him come in, then you have no surrogates and you just run your own race. Is that the practical reality for most Republicans? Uh, you know, I just don't think it's an issue at all. 
uh, Glenn Youngkin hasn't relied on surrogates, other than the fact that all the former Republican governors have been out campaigning for him. Myself, Governor Allen, Governor McDonald, all of us have been out speaking on his behalf and attending things on his behalf. All those assholes. He's there, too, speaking for himself. So he hasn't really relied on surrogates or out-of-state people the way that Terry McAuliffe has, trying to get his vote up when it's really not coming out for him. Well, we're, we're just not doing that in the Youngkin race, and I think Glenn Youngkin's speaking for himself. Former Virginia Governor Jim Gilmore. Governor, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. And we are going to take a quick break. Our colleague Lana Zach will be right back with the rest of the day's news. You're streaming CBSN. The rest of the day's news. I flipped it over to MSNBC and they were still, uh, or not MSNBC, The Choice. That's the online version of MSNBC. And uh, they were not live yet. But if you guys want to switch over to that whenever they get going with their coverage, I'm open to that suggestion. It's also the Washington Post we could go to. Currently, still 58% of the vote in, 5% in in New Jersey. Phil Murphy looks like he is still commanding a lead. McAuliffe closing now 45% to 55%. The QAnoners. Hundreds of QAnon fans are going to Texas to see JFK return. No, seriously. I didn't even know about this until last night after the show. I saw I saw this bullshit. A QAnon prophecy says the assassinated president will return and make Trump the president again. Wait a minute, I thought it was JFK Jr. Do they think JFK is still alive? This is, fuck, 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 fuck. That's a picture from last night in Dealey Plaza. This, they think, like, the fucking... No way! <laughs> Hundreds of QAnon supporters are currently traveling from all across the U.S. to Dallas, where they expect to see John F. Kennedy... Not not JFK Jr. John F. Kennedy suddenly reappear on Tuesday night and ordain former President Donald Trump as the King of Kings. <laughs> so it says JFK Jr. poked his head out, saw a shadow, went back in six more weeks of democracy. That's what it like. Even if JFK didn't get assassinated, he would. He still probably wouldn't be alive right now. Some QAnon followers were so eager to secure their place for the return of JFK. It's even more fucking batshit than what I thought it was. For the return of JFK, that on Monday night, hundreds of them gathered in Dealey Plaza where Kennedy was shot in 1963, waiting for the latest QAnon conspiracy theory to come true. You think Vice forgot the junior? I mean, surely. A 
Okay, this tweet says there's currently a large crowd of what appears to be QAnon believers at the AT&T Discovery Plaza in downtown Dallas. A popular QAnon theory recently is that JFK Jr. of the Kennedy family will be making a big announcement at Dealey Plaza by the Grassy Knoll sometime tomorrow. So maybe Vice did just forget the Jr. part. I mean, they're stupid. Exactly, exactly. How are we supposed to tell? Both of the fucking conspiracies are batshit fucking crazy. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. Well, even JFK Jr. was running as a Democrat, wasn't he? He was in the Democratic primary at the time. QAnon influencers are promoting several different versions of the conspiracy theory and what will supposedly happen Tuesday night. Oh, so maybe... I said it didn't happen. I didn't know it was supposed to happen tonight. Maybe, maybe if it actually happens, we'll be able to, you know, cut from election coverage and and, and see it, because, I mean, that's going to be a big event if that actually happens. It's pro-party switch. (laughs) According to Whiplash347, an account with almost 250,000 followers, Trump will be reinstated as the 18th president of the United States because everything since 1871 is illegal. Whiplash continues that Trump will then step down and John F. Kennedy Jr., who died in a plane crash in 1999, will become president like he would have if it wasn't for Hillary plotting to kill him. I almost, I almost put this on YouTube tonight, but I'm like, eh, we're talking about election and QAnon shit. We may get into conspiracy theory territory. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Joining JFK Jr. as vice president will be the disgraced former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. If, if you guys do not watch American Crime Story... Do watch it. It's Edie Falco as Hillary. Uh, we're on like episode seven or eight right now. I think maybe episode eight airs tonight. Holy shit! I I have been fucking enthralled with this show. But like, there was no Hillary for the first five or six episodes. She she wasn't in it, and then like this past week's episode was like the Hillary episode, and Edie Falco knocked it out of the fucking park. Also, I I had never put any thought into the whole depends on what your definition of the word is is thing, because I was like goddamn in eighth grade when that happened, and the media portrayed it as, you know. Clinton being stupid or some shit. But, like, that was a brilliant legal maneuver. Bad props. He was arguing whether is was present tense or also incorporated the past. So, if one were to interpret is as only meaning present tense, then Monica didn't lie. You're exactly, and Flynn's like brother is still something in the government. And as as I said, there's this crazy fucking shit. I don't, 
it's just an accusation at this time. We don't really have a lot of information. But apparently, Flynn and his cohorts were trying to blackmail actual Republican officials. Crazy motherfuckers. At this point, Trump will ascend to become one of the seven new kings, most likely the king of kings. What the fuck does that even mean? These people want, they want to be subjected, don't they? Michael Brian Protzman, who runs the Navigate 48 channel, sees things slightly differently. Protzman has long claimed that the Kennedy bloodline is directly linked to Christ. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? He told his followers that on Tuesday, JFK Sr. So, maybe Vice wasn't wrong. Jackie O., who died what? Fucking 15 years ago? And JFK Jr. will be reintroduced to the world. Then JFK Sr. will travel around the world for seven days, then will pass. What the fuck? This is very much a religious conspiracy. Before he dies, however, JFK Sr. will transfer power to Donald Trump and JFK Jr. will be Trump's vice president. Another part of the conspiracy claims that JFK's return will coincide with the reversion to the Julian calendar, which means the date will change immediately back to October 20th. As ludicrous and outrageous as all these claims are, it is a clear indication of the hold that the QAnon conspiracy movement has over its followers that hundreds of them gathered in Dallas more than 24 hours before this is all scheduled to take place. A live video of the gathering on Monday night was posted to YouTube by Patriot Dave. That is Gay Dave's... uh, evil twin brother, a QAnon supporter from Missouri. He spoke to dozens of members of the crowd, asking them where they'd traveled from for the event. People said they'd come from Florida, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Delaware, New York, California, North Carolina, a whole bunch of other fucking states. I wanted to see the video. Let's find Patriot Dave on YouTube, shall we? Fucking shit. Bad things happen if you ever run into Patriot Steve. Let's see what you got. Are you are you live right now, Patriot Dave? He was six hours ago. All right, everyone. We're live at Daily Plaza. I'm kind of on the outskirts, just kind of working my way in. I'll get get a view of 
things I took videos and pictures of yesterday. Um, it's pretty, pretty, pretty crowded here. We're gonna go. We're gonna go down here to the to the X spot. Let's call it. I'll give everybody a view from far away. My mic was off. I was stealing a Bill Hicks joke, so. Way, of course. Hello, everyone. Dave, Dave. Not necessarily, Dip. We might become cannibals. We might find another fucking race. We might find a planet with all kinds of tasty cows on it. Did you ever think of that? Looks like something might be going on here today, huh? Yeah, something is going on there today. A bunch of idiots are gathered for nonsense. I hope you guys can see as good as I can because this is awesome. Hell yeah. Um, even even at the QAnon fucking gathering, only a handful of them are chanting, Let's go, Brandon. Oh my god, yesterday I uh I commented on something about the supply chain. That there was a ship held up or something. I was like, oh, I heard it was the the I heard the reason for this was a boat captain named Brandon. And boy, did that comment get a lot of likes. I went back today and told everyone, I'm making fun of you. Holy shit. That's the latest in the QAnon conspiracy theories. Let's get into the election coverage here before we actually... Stick with it until we get results. Now it is. This is Steve Kornacki breaking down the Virginia race for us. Uh, I believe this was last night, maybe earlier tonight. Oh, this is the exit polls. This was earlier tonight. This was just about like an hour or two ago. It's election night, so we begin where else but exactly where we want to go and we think America wants to go to the big board with NBC Steve Kornacki. Steve, take it away. All right, Ari. Well, as you say, inside of an hour, we're waiting for real votes between now and then. We've got the exit poll. We've got our first look at the electorate. Folks who went out and voted today also included in this exit poll. Folks who voted early, folks who voted by mail as well. A lot of different ways of voting these days. Let's take you through some of what we're seeing here. First of all, one of the central questions for the backdrop for this governor's race, President Biden. We've talked so much about how the party that controls the White House has struggled in Virginia governor's elections. What is Joe Biden's job approval rating with Virginia voters today? Right now, this is what we're seeing, a 43 percent approval rating for the president, upside down, 56 percent disapproved. That actually tracks pretty closely to what we saw nationally in our NBC poll that came out on the eve of the election. Nationally, we had Biden at 42. Today, the exit poll 
right now is putting him at 43 percent in Virginia. How about this one, though? Terry McAuliffe and the Democrats, they've been trying to make Donald Trump a front and center issue in this campaign, trying to attach Trump in voters' minds. to. I'm not sweating, and I'm prepared for what may happen tonight. Here's voters' view of Donald Trump in Virginia. That is also extremely upside down, 41. And it's not so much that the governor's race is, is the big deal. It's if the state house flips, and it probably will, especially if... Youngkin wins. Almost certainly the state house will flip as well. Also, opinion of the candidates themselves. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, actually in our exit poll, clocking in over 50% in the favorable rating for him. Wow. Better than Terry McAuliffe in this exit poll. He's clocking. Now, Glenn Youngkin was once the CEO of the Carlisle Group. Got elected governor before back in 2013. He did struggle with that favorable rating back then as well. How how does the former CEO of the Carlisle Group have such a high favorability rating in Virginia? I expect shortly after 7 o'clock, county officials have been telling us they've changed the process a little bit this year for reporting out votes. This thing should really start to come to life and light up right when 7 o'clock rolls around. And your, your bottom line there, Steve, on the eggs, it's very interesting to get the favorables. They tell you something, but not everything. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing I caution on the exit poll is 5 o'clock we get our first look at it. There's going to be more data that's added to the exit poll. There are more interviews that are taking place as we speak that have been taking place. So more data is going to be added to that exit poll, I think, about 45 minutes from now. So the numbers I showed you could shift a little bit. That's one thing we're going to look at. But yep, you're right, Dustin. Shape in waves. Mm. So we'll get they, they banked it all on the reconciliation bill, and it's all come crashing down. Pulls aside because we'll have real votes. Get to the real thing. Well, uh, a lot of insight and context, so we Thank you for that, Steve. Uh, and the only thing I ask is that you promise us, Steve, don't go anywhere. Yeah, I'm here. You don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> Steve Kornacki. I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a busy night tonight. So about 64% of the votes in in Virginia. Let's hear from Glenn Youngkin, the former CEO of the Carlisle Group. He was on with Mark Levin. I think it was earlier today. Glenn Youngkin. It's very interesting. You know, Joe Biden. Might have been last night. As a candidate who said he was going to unify America. You seem to be unifying the citizens of Virginia, the Republican base. The he Republican spends the weekends in, in uh, Delaware, though. Toward you, and even Democrats. Which that's not that big of a deal. To put their children in quality education ahead of this bizarre and very wicked ideology. And yet Terry McAuliffe, number one... The bizarre and very wicked ideology. What the fuck is he talking about? I mean, this... Republicans have this built-in advantage because the right-wing media frames this nonsense in a way that, like, demonizes the other side. Whereas all the supposed left-wing outlets... False equivalency to the point where they don't even call Republicans out on their on their bullshit, and they they present them as as if they're both equally valid. I just I don't.
But also, you should take solace in the fact that Fox News' ratings are, while they're still number one, and they'll tell you they're still number one, fucking Greg Gutfeld beat out Stephen Colbert. TV ratings are still falling. Falling. Yes, that's that's another, with the, the Delaware thing. I get so upset with people calling Biden a fucking communist. His state is literally known for being a tax haven in a place where corporations face the least restrictions. I... It seems, at least in my lifetime, that Democrats are moted, motivated you know, negatively, negative partisanship. They have to be motivated to vote against somebody, i.e. Bush, i.e. Trump. And I mean, my entire lifetime, that's all the Republicans have done is demonize the, the Democrats. I was going to say the left. I mean, they're still running on Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. It's insane. All right, let's let's hear from red-faced Yunkin here. One denies it's taking place, but we know it's taking place. God, he's got a stupid look on his face too. As I like said, Tucker Carlson stare. Individuals uh, who are oh God, did they ever demonize Obama? Critical race theory. Um, what do you make of him bringing in all these career politicians? Well, it's it's the clear playbook that Terry McAuliffe wrote because you know he really is the godfather of the modern day progressive. Democratic Party. I mean, this wait, what he does he he needs to take the spotlight off of his failed gubernatorial career. He doesn't have a plan for Virginia and all Virginians know it. And so what he's trying to do is deflect an, uh, all attention away from him and onto anybody else. I don't know what he's talking about. Failed gubernatorial career. I'm pretty sure they Northam and McAuliffe served back to back. And so he does. He's anybody who has held office or even run for office and failed as a Democrat has been invited to come in and and uh, uh, campaign with Terry McAuliffe. And Virginians are just flat rejecting it. They see through it. They know it's all a charade. And and here we are in our campaign talking about the most important issues. We're on a we're on a ten day bus tour. We're just finishing up as we had the him. most important issue about how they should ban books. Thousands of Virginians come together and say, "Hey, Glenn, we're for the things that you stand for: low taxes." The best schools. The oh, the polls have now closed in the mayoral races in Boston and New York. All the time, and yet we're. That's another one we're going to be checking in on is the India Walton thing. Hopefully, she is allowed to become the mayor. Come strong with us that we were endorsed by the Hampton Roads Black Caucus. Democrats are walking across the aisle in mass because Virginians want a better Virginia, and they know that Glenn Youngkin's going to work with everybody in order to deliver. That based on some base fundamental kitchen table issues of low taxes, jobs, schools, safe communities. Racism. 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 That is all his campaign has been built these on. These values are universal. They're not party values. They're Virginia values. And we talk about the Virginia promise that we can, in fact, deliver together. On the ballot is Virginia. He did. He, he, he and, and like he was the rock. Against Virginians' independence and liberty. And this is why we see so much momentum. But now I could that could be that could be like part of the Trumpyism where he's trying to appeal to Trump's base without actually using Trump. Polls have had huge huge momentum in him. We're just racing by him. But you know, polls don't win elections. Votes do. 
And so we're encouraging everybody, please get out and vote. Get out and vote on Tuesday and let's stand up as Virginians and make this happen. You know, Glenn Youngkin, they have hired Terry McAuliffe and his campaign, a lawyer, Mark Elias, who was involved in the Russia collusion issue, sort of the money guy between Hillary Clinton, the DNC. See, there you go, even bringing up Hillary. In other words, very, very creepy, very problematic. His uh, colleague and partner was indicted for his activities involved in that. He set up his own law firm. Hundreds of millions of dollars in dark money goes into uh, these coffers to help uh, him uh, defeat Republicans who've won races. Uh, are you concerned? The fuck is he talking about? Even if you should win that McAuliffe, because he's he's not exactly uh, an up, upright guy, that McAuliffe now hiring this guy, Mark Elias, are going to try to do everything they can to undo the election? Well, first, this is this is just right out of his playbook. I mean, he wrote it, as I said earlier, and, and this is what a uh, failing politician does when the party of Trump is accusing the other side of wanting to undermine the election. And then Yunkin says that's what a failed politician does. These people have absolutely no self-awareness. I... What the fuck? <laughs> when they see the sun setting on their 43-year political career. But, but he can hire as many lawyers as he wants. The Virginia voters are absolutely making a bold statement. And this is not going to be a close election. You can just see us pulling away. You can see us making a statement to not just win the governor's race, but the lieutenant governor's race with Winsome Sears and the attorney general's race with Jason Meares. We're going to win back control of our House of Delegates. We're winning local races all over, sheriff races, school board races, school boards matter. This is going to be a big statement. And a lawyer here and there that my opponent hires is not going to make a difference because this 63 percent is in and has stayed steady at 55 to 45 percent. Virginia. Polls are polls. If you don't turn out and vote, uh, the polls... You know you might be right. I called him red-faced Junkin when I started playing the video. You might be right that he is wearing bronzer to to appear Trumpian. Because, yeah, look at his eyes. Wild. Could turn out to be wrong. So it's very, very important on election day that an army of patriots turn out and vote. Uh, this... Race is being watched all over the country. It's being watched in the White House. It's being watched by so-called moderates in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. And I do want to say this to you, Glenn Youngkin. You came out of nowhere. You have... Uh, and honestly, honestly, the people at the federal level, the Democrats, I don't know that they don't want Youngkin to win. So they can go like, look at what the progressives did. They wrecked the Biden agenda, and now Republicans are winning, and they can blame this all, all on the squad. All on Bernie Sanders. I don't know. That's just Biden's weird fucking face, I think. Sacrificed your career. You've had to use a lot of your own money in this campaign in order to counter the Democrat money. You've run a hell of a campaign. And you've brought quality education to the force, something I've cared about my entire life. Quality education. Oh, my God. Quality education. What does that mean? And for once, finally, a Republican has taken that issue and run with it. 
because the Democrats do not believe in school choice or quality education or anything of the sort. They believe in the... No, no, when you say school choice, no, I most certainly do not fucking believe in that. I do not believe in taking public money and siphoning it from public schools and giving to private entities as a giveaway. No, no, fuck off. I don't believe in that. Because they, they represent them at the precincts. Any final words, sir? Well, first of all, thank you for those very kind comments. I have not seen that, but I will definitely check it out. 2% name ID, and I think the poll had a 3% margin of error. So over the course of the last 10 months, we've had an amazing group of people around us. But this is about Virginians and Virginians coming together, yes, around a fellow Virginian who, in fact, is as I have a moment to, to think about what we can get done, I am so optimistic of all the change we can bring. But we're also standing up for America. And so Virginia has a chance to lead like we have from the founding of this great country. And yes, Virginians, we have to get out and vote yep. on Tuesday. Please come out and vote. Make your voice heard. And let's make but that, it like, not just He is, once again, resorting back to dog whistles. Thank you so much for having you on your show. Well, Jay Miles, we're here talking about an election. We're not talking about vaccination right now. Let's go get this done. Well, for my sake and my family's sake and all Virginians' sake, I wish you all the best, sir, on Tuesday. God bless you and good luck. Thank you so much. God bless you, too. Hey, Sean Hanna. God bless you. A dog horn, yes. Let's go back to 538. 66% reporting. Still 55 to 45%. Now, staying in Virginia before we check out what's going on in Minneapolis. Wild ass story, a Democratic delegate was pulled over after a passenger in his car allegedly was taking campaign signs. A Democratic delegate for Virginia's 12th district, Chris Hurst, was pulled over on Monday night after a deputy with the Radford City Sheriff's Office saw a woman messing with campaign signs near a voting precinct. Traffic stop ended with Radford police issuing Hearst a notice of suspension. Radford City Sheriff Mark Armentrot said that the notice informs the driver of the vehicle that their license is currently suspended. Sheriff Armentrot said a deputy witnessed a woman at the Radford Recreation Center voting precinct messing with campaign signs at around 10 p.m. on Monday. It's unknown which campaign signs the woman was targeting. The deputy called the Radford City Police Department, who initiated a traffic stop. Sheriff Almontrout said the driver of the vehicle was determined to be, uh, was determined to be uh, Delegate Chris Hurst, and the passenger was determined to be Emily Frentress. According to a press, uh, press release provided by the Radford City Police Department, a sheriff's deputy reported a possible vandalism in progress. Tracy Howard, the Radford Registrar, said they are aware of the alleged incident per the Rutherford, uh, Radford Police Department. We're investigating. Howard said it's not unusual for campaigns to shuffle yard signs at polling locations. Those suspects are named in the press release provided by the Radford City Police Department. This isn't the first time Hearst was pulled over in recent years. Back in January of 2020, Hearst was pulled over on suspicious on suspicion of drinking and driving. Lieutenant Stephen Swecker with the Christiansburg Police Department initiated a traffic stop on US 460 bypass when he observed a vehicle swerve across the right side fog line several times. 
Swagger said the, video, uh, the vehicle was also seen speeding for a period of time. As someone who used to live in Virginia, it is not a good idea to drink and drive. It's not a good idea to drink and drive anywhere. Definitely not a good idea to do it in Virginia. Don't speed when you go through Virginia. It is possible that um, they were his own signs that he was shuffling around. I'm not sad at all tonight, Jake. Why would I be sad? I cover the news. I'm sad that Jake won't join us. He won't take me up on my offer to come on the show and actually have a debate. He just wants to do stupid shit like say I'm attacking him. No, sir. I'm pointing out. I am pointing out how you are throwing tantrums. Tantrums. Because the government and corporations don't bend over backwards for you, boomer, cis, straight, white man. That the demographic change in this country is driving you nuts. And that's why you have to do a show about fucking how much you hate a child wearing a dress. Or the songs that say, let's go Biden or fucking let's go Brandon on the, on the iTunes. Because you've got nothing of substance. If, if you were a true Christian man, you would have been upset about human rights attorney Stephen Donzinger being imprisoned by the feds. If you gave a shit about tyranny or the Constitution, like you say you do, you'd be upset about Donzinger. Or you'd be upset about Oklahoma torturing a man to death. But you're not. You're a fake Christian. You're a fake patriot. And you're a fake constitutionalist. You guys wrap yourselves in flags. You say you're a constitutionalist. You don't actually, you probably never read the fucking document. Um... I dare you to stand face-to-face with me. Because what you destroyed was probably a straw man, sir. If you would like to destroy me, you come on the show. You, 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 You tell me you destroyed me on your show? You don't give me a chance to respond? You didn't even refer to me by my real fucking, like, my, my, my fucking stage name. You referred to me by my joke of a fucking personal profile on Facebook. Well, Jake, you don't believe in it. So if you don't actually believe in it, if you don't stand up for it, what what am I to believe other than you've never actually read the fucking thing? I have pointed out the inconsistencies in your position. We're probably not going to get the chance to listen to your show today, but I will indeed respond to it. Unless you want to actually have a debate with me. Tell me when you would like to come on. I will set you up. I will promote your fucking show. I'll give you I'll give you your own nameplate and everything. See, like, when I have guests on. I promote their shit. This was, this was the other day. I had the Kentucky Infidels podcast on. Make a nice little nameplate for you and everything. Because to me, it's an awful pussy move. You talk about me on your show, not give me the chance to respond. 
I do a live show. I'm just assuming you can't come on and handle yourself live. You're afraid you're going to get embarrassed. As well you should. I eat people like you alive. Now back to our election coverage, since Jake doesn't actually want to um, participate man-to-man, have a conversation, because he can't. My name is not the Muffin Man. My on-air name is Justin Freakin'. So what what you're doing is using me for fodder on your show. People can't go and find my responses because you didn't refer to me as my on-air name. I think that's a pussy move. Justin Muffins is my personal Facebook profile. You're looking at Justin Freakin. You're on my Justin Freakin page. Justin Freakin, name right there. Jake, are you going to come on the show and have an actual debate? Or are you scared? Are you not a man? Do you think you can destroy me? Well, it's election night. We're probably not going to watch your show tonight. We've got more important things to talk about. But if you would like to have a conversation, because this is, once again, I keep running into this issue with right-wingers like you guys are fucking scared. You don't want to come on and have an actual discussion. You want to straw man me. You don't want to you don't want to steel man me. You want to argue with your idea of what the left is, wokeism. But you don't actually want to talk to someone like me. Because if you did, I would expose you. Plain and simple. Without question. So now, Jake, when are you going to come on the show? Answer the simple question. What day would you like to come on the show? I'm on every day, Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. What day are you going to come on? Any day. Pick a, pick a day. What the fuck are you talking about? Our time will come. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. You keep saying that, Jake. You're in here. You were here last night for what? A half hour? 45 minutes? How hard is it? Just tell me a date. Oh, yeah, you're very busy. 
God, right wingers are fucking morons. Once again, when are you coming on? Everybody wants to know. Because it seems like you got a lot to say. What day are you coming on, Jake, to have a discussion with me? Are you going to give us an answer? We're all fucking waiting. We'd all like to know. Secretary, you ain't got no fucking secretary. We all want to know, though, Jake. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume you ain't got the balls to do this. I mean, fucking like, I venture on to to right wing. It's more of a which which one is it? I'm a I'm a masochist. I don't have any balls. I'm the one asking you to come on. I told you. You can come on any fucking topic. You can surprise me with the topic. That is how sure I am of myself. I do a live call-in show every day. Tell me I don't have any fucking balls. Seriously? No, no balls is fucking doing your little show and not giving me the chance to respond. That's that's no balls, sir. All right, moving on from this dumb shit. Minneapolis voters are going to decide on replacing the police department. Season. Leading up to election day, canvassers are making... Yeah, get out of here with your transphobia. You call yourself a Christian. You are commanded by Jesus not to judge other people. You are commanded to love them. As if they were one of your own fucking family. And you are commanded to turn the other cheek. But you're going to come in here and you're going to attack a marginalized community. Go fuck yourself, dude. You're not a Christian. You, you better consider yourself lucky that God is not real. Because if you were to stand in front of God in judgment, he would fucking send you to hell. I am Jesus, dude. Be glad fucking God isn't real, dude. Because you wouldn't be able to pass his judgment. And I am tired of the bullshit from people like you. You don't understand gender. I've explained it a million fucking times. Like Caesar. What does that even mean? I enjoy a good Caesar salad. But enough with Jake, who doesn't want to actually have a conversation. We're still we're still waiting for you to tell us what day you're going to come on. Boy, it's not going to go well for you. Especially, he said he wanted to uh, he wanted to talk about cops with me. 
Jake, all we do on this show is watch watch what you actually say. I watched your segment and fucking made fun of you. People like me laugh at people like you. You, on the other hand, won't even won't even fucking step in the arena with me. I want I want to know how it's going with your secretary and when you're going to come on the show. That's what I want to know, Jake. So tell us. I mean, you didn't even have the balls to call in. Numbers on the screen right now. You can call in right now, dude. All right. In Minneapolis, they're going to be voting to replace the police department. Referendum's a little um, hard to understand, but it will be the first step to replacing the police department. Let's get the lowdown from CNN here. Voting this season? Leading up to Election Day, canvassers are making a final push to encourage people to vote yes on ballot question number two in Minneapolis. That's what this new Department of Public Safety is about. Which reads, in part, Shall the Minneapolis City Charter be amended to remove the police department and replace it with the Department of Public Safety? It's really setting the table, if you will, for policymakers in the future to come forward and say, what should be in the Public Safety Department? It's not abolishing the police department. It's not getting rid of of police officers. There are certain functions in our city that can only be done by licensed police officers. That doesn't change whether this uh, amendment number two question passes or not. In the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, there were calls to defund and even dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. Ending the Minneapolis Police Department. A year and a half and over 20,000 petition signatures later, those controversial ideas aren't quite on the ballot. But organizers say needed reform is. Slogans get really popular. We also know that slogans are not policies. It does not abolish the police department does not even really dismantle the police department. Unfortunately. What it does is it makes it possible to expand it so that it becomes a Department of Public Safety so that you can add other qualified professionals to it. They hope the new department will include things like mental health professionals and violence prevention counselors. But the ballot question doesn't include specifics that could only be hammered out if it passes and after the newly elected mayor and city council are sworn in. There's two much at stake to just you know say well vote for this and vote for what tito wilson owns a minneapolis barbershop and says he witnessed the police killing of jamar clark a 24 year old black man in 2015. even after witnessing a police killing after living here in minneapolis through all that happened around the murder of george floyd you still feel the right way to go is vote no it feels like and sounds like an experiment they have not been able to flush out from top to bottom what this Department of Public... You, you, you should do like Camden, New Jersey did. Abolish the police, make them all fucking reapply for their jobs, and rebuild it. Safety is going to look like. To just say, hey, you know, just trust us. We're going to put this together, we're going to make you safe. It's reckless. The chief of police also has concerns. And again, I was not expecting some sort of... You're a fucking coward, dude. And believe me, I will listen to your show tomorrow. 
and what you said about me. And then I will cut it for YouTube, and I will make sure that I am the top return anytime somebody searches your name. Because I'm good like that. Now, the offer is on the table to come on anytime you want, because I will talk to anybody. I'm not a fucking pussy like you. I don't talk about people behind their backs without giving them a chance to respond. And I would love to be able to talk to you about police. I would love to be able to talk to you about police because you aren't going to be answer, you aren't going to be able to answer any of my questions about clearance rates, about how they perform out on the shooting range. You probably won't know the name Adrian Schoolcraft. You won't know about Christopher Dorner. You won't know about the Baltimore Police Department planting toy guns on teenagers that they shot. You won't know about the fucking uh, sheriff's office in Florida that was planting meth, planting meth on drivers. And when the DA tried to confront the sheriff over it, the sheriff got onto the DA about it and tried to cover it up. You don't know about the Louisville Police Department raping kids. They raped kids and then covered it up. You won't know anything about any of that shit. And you're going to say you back the blue. You won't know about the LA County Sheriff's Department having gangs. You won't know about any of that shit. You want to know why? Because you're a straight cis white man and the police have always been there to uphold your interests. War on cops, my ass, you stupid fuck. The cops have waged war on us. More people are killed by the cops in the United States in one year. More civilians are killed by the cops in the United States in one year than in all other industrialized countries over 10 years combined. One year. Cops in this country kill more people than all other industrialized countries over 10 years combined. And you want to say you stand against tyranny. You're full of shit, dude. Read the Fourth and Fifth Amendments and then tell me you back the police. You don't even know how to spell you are, as in you apostrophe R-E. As in you are, you stupid fuck. I can't possess a white man. Holy shit, Jake. You aren't smart, dude. Please come on the show and try to have a conversation with me. Because you will faceplant. Um, I don't have any moderators on Facebook because usually I'm not on Facebook. Well, if you can't spell a fucking fourth grade word, then you're probably not very intelligent. Even though you're an author with a PhD! What the fuck are you, white man Justin Fre- What the fuck? Do you think you're actually making sense and making a point? What a fucking idiot. 
Please, give us a date, Jake. I can't imagine anybody is paying for any of your speeches because you ain't got nothing to say. You're, you say the same shit every other dumb fuck right-winger with a YouTube channel says. What the fuck makes you special, dude? What have you got to offer? As I pointed out, you weren't even fucking good at it. You weren't even fucking good at it, dude. I have seen other fucking right-wingers. I can at least respect that they're good broadcasters. You're like measly-mouthed, fucking looking down the entire time, going, The Morse Corporation hurt my feelings because they don't market to me anymore. And, like, the world is changing and it's scary to me. So I need to uphold Christian white supremacy. You're not making a point, Jake, by pointing out that I'm white. I don't mind multiculturalism. I'm not scared by by change. I'm not whining about the Mars Corporation not marketing to me. I'm not the one who's so upset about the changing demographics in the country that I have to promote rap songs on iTunes called Let's Go Brandon. You had prime real estate to be able to talk about issues. I pointed out two of them that a good Christian man should have been very interested in and somebody who uh, apparently is supposed to stand for the Constitution and stand against tyranny. Two stories. Two stories. You didn't even know what I was fucking talking about. You'd never heard those stories, had you? They happened last week. Steve Donzinger and, and the execution in Oklahoma. That's what a good Christian man would be talking about. But you're not a Christian. And you don't stand against tyranny. You stand for tyranny. That's why you back the blue. There is nothing more tyrannical than the police being able to shoot somebody in the street over an accusation, which, by the way, is against the Constitution. That violates the Fifth Amendment. Because I know you haven't fucking read it. How am I a racist, Jake? How am I a racist? Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes, I think all of you are fucking stupid. Yes, I'm white, Jake. I don't I don't advocate for upholding white supremacy, Jake. How is it that you're too busy to actually give me a date to come on the show, but yet you're in here for a fucking half an hour? How is how is that possible? Are you just a fucking liar? Yet again, bearing false witness. Because that's 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 all the right has. Stupid fuck. Let's check back in with the races that are going on, the New Jersey governor's race and the Virginia governor's race. And we'll throw it over to CBS. Fucking 538 might be crashing right now. A lot of people looking for those results. Well, shit. 
With 75% of the vote reporting, Youngkin is up 54% to McAuliffe's 45%. Still leaning Republican. Like CBS News is on a break right now, or are they coming back? An original documentary on CBSN. 50 shows running. Yeah, fuck that shit. That's it for the shit that I had prepared for tonight that we're actually going to talk about. Other than other than your animal video that we'll go to. I never attacked you, Jake. You're trying to make yourself out to be a victim, and you're not. No one attacked you. Well, that's all the right has is this victim mentality. You guys constantly want to act like you're being oppressed and you're not. And it's, it's exhausting for the rest of us. Not to mention that, that like it's as anti-Christian as you can get. Yes, I'm fucking white. You're not making the point that you think you're making. Well, Adam, Jake is uh, Jake is our friend here, and uh, apparently uh, he's too scared to come on the show, despite my many offers. In July, the National Transportation Safety Board says both flight. They aren't even talking about the fucking election. Micah Cohen says, I'm honestly a little terrified. Oh, you guys aren't seeing this. Honestly a little terrified about all the hot takes that are likely to emerge from this election, almost no matter the result. I think we know a few things, to echo what Nathaniel said a bit. The beast that is American politics tends to behave like an Ouroboros. One major party rises and defeats the other to gain power, then the defeated party makes a comeback, rinse and repeat. By the way, an Ouroboros doesn't seem quite right in retrospect. As the animal that best embodies American politics, any better ideas? He may be a fucking idiot, but I'll be friendly with him because I want to get him to come on the show. He apparently did a whole episode of his podcast about me today. But has yet to tell me uh, when he will come on my show. And actually have a discussion with me. By the way, uh, please tell the people the night that I did the segment about your show where I watched your woke Halloween segment. I gave you the offer to come on the show that night, didn't I? Because I'm a real man. 
I I have the receipts to be able to prove that. So Jake, if you're still here, when are you coming on? We all want to know. And I've I've offered to come on his show. I've offered to let him record it. However, however we have to do it that he feels comfortable enough that he will have a discussion with me. I don't care. I will accommodate him. If we record it, though, it has to be recorded on my end as well, so you can't edit it. But I prefer to do things live. No, that's not, that is not, um, blind money underwear. That is not the same person. Now, this is the guy we watched the, uh, woke Halloween segment. Sunday? Was it Sunday night? Or Thursday night? Give me the date, Jake. Send it to me in a, in a message. Tell me what date. I will put it down. And then you better show up. Yes, the Blind Money Underwear Crew. Uh, the guy that kept coming in here was like, You in the lion's den now! That was the... Uh, hold on. What's what, what's my... Uh, what's my graphic that disappears here? Blind Money Underdogs. Was the well? I mean, technically, I'm the one that started in on him. He bought ads on Facebook, and Facebook showed me his ads as they do most idiotic right wingers because I interact with them. And I saw he had a segment about woke Halloween, and I'm like, well, this is perfect for the show tonight. So I I watched his little clip about woke Halloween. He attacked a child wearing a dress. He was upset because the uh Morris Corps Yes, doesn't. All the right wingers that have these shows buy ads, they can't grow their audience organically. They buy their followers. And this dude's like, he spoke at like TP USA and shit, so he's got some actual money behind him. Good job, Dustin. I did I didn't uh participate in that. I didn't help raise your stock. I guess you own stock in Meta now, don't you? When does the name change take effect? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't give money to Facebook. But hey, like, I've got actual talent, so I can grow an audience without ads. I spent my, like, they gave me $10 credit one time, and I spent it on the 420 show. But other than that, I don't buy advertising. 
in many respects, sparked nationwide calls either to abolish police, defund the police, or minimum reimagine policing. Explain what this measure up for consideration in Minneapolis is about. Is it disbanding the police, rebranding the police? Explain what it would do. And that's what a lot of people are still trying to understand right here in Minneapolis, even though the vote has been completed. The vote, the wording says it will replace the Minneapolis Police Department, that the police chief would be gone, uh, that there could be police if necessary. The caveat is, is that state law does require police to do many criminal actions in terms of arrests, so there probably would be police. What we're seeing, though, is the supporters of this amendment, the yes vote, who are chanting and, and cheering for defund the police back in May and June of, 19, of 2020, are now saying, now trying to walk it back. The governor's race in New Jersey tightened right up, 49.7 to 49.5, with 34% reporting. going down. Yeah, that was going to be... But once again, it's probably the same dynamic is going on in Virginia that the... So, um, you know, can you just... Rural vote comes in first. ...closing days leading up to today or the closing weeks. How did this issue really kind of play out in, in the political discourse? It's it's not likely that Murphy will lose in New Jersey. Level, but, you know, at that granular level locally, what 77% reporting in Virginia. It's 54 to 46%. Once again, the last places that are going to come in are going to be... The bluest, that number is going to decline. The margin is going to decline. Whether it will be enough for McCulloch to pull it off is anybody's guess. Likely not. And they have very strong feelings about this on on each different side. And that's something that's really important. There also has been a surge in violent crime here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, as there has around the country. It's looking like Republican Mike Carey will win the race in Ohio's 15th congressional district. This issue of safety. That was a Republican seat. And Esme, how was that beforehand? The race for Jacob Fry seeking a second term as mayor of Minneapolis. Well, he from the start has been very consistent. He said that he was against defunding the police. His position has stayed the same, and it looks like he is being rewarded. Now, this is ranked choice, but so far with 70 percent of the vote in, he's leading 44 percent to his uh, next leading challenger, 19 percent to 18 percent. This is ranked choice. And in the last city council race we had here in Minneapolis, you actually had people who finished second on the first ballot win. I don't I think these numbers look more like they will hold up, but you never know. So it does look like he's being rewarded. Yeah, and just very quickly, um, as may um, for viewers who may not be familiar, just explain to us, um, you know, ranked choice voting. And also, I'm curious how um, Jacob Fry was. I wish we had ranked choice voting everywhere. Being such a hot button issue in Minneapolis, you know, what- and all you libertarians, all you Green Party people, the people that won't vote for the duopoly. I totally understand it. If you want to break the two party system. Ranked choice voting is the first step in doing that. And certainly here, when uh, shortly after George Floyd's death and when they talked, when the council members talked about defunding the police and people, he came out of his house and there were, you know, hundreds in front of the house and they asked him to agree to defund the police and he said no. And then he was yelled at, shame, shame, shame. And he had to walk back into his house to this chorus of shame. He has stuck with his position 
And the events have come back to him, basically. With the rise in crime, suddenly this issue of really messing with the police doesn't sound that great. The other problem, too, is that we've lost so many police officers. 300 have left since Good. Floyd has, uh, was killed. So that's almost Pussies. a third of the department is gone. So it's very interesting. He has fared well, though. And it's fared well in the past year or so. There has not been a lot of questioning, which I thought there might be in this campaign, of how he handled those riots. I think people see that in the rearview mirror. That's a telling phrase you used, Esme. Events have come back to him. Esme Murphy of our CBS station, WCCO, thank you so very much. We're going to take a quick break from our election night coverage. Our colleague, Lana Zak, Lana Zak, forgive me, will have the rest of today's news. Including. Well, fuck your name up. I'm all for mail-in voting. I'm for mandatory voting, compulsory voting. I think we should all be made to vote. That's just me, though. 81% reporting Virginia. McAuliffe is 46%. Youngkin is 53%. I love the way that Jake was in here like, Virginia, Virginia. Like we're, we're supposed to be like crying over it or something as if we're Democrats or as if he, maybe he doesn't know how uh, this works and that the most popular populous areas are the ones that have yet to be counted. Yeah, ask the, we've, we've got an Australian in here. They have mandatory voting. It's like a $25 fine if you don't vote. But what happens is when you make it, uh, when you make it law that you have to vote, this, it then puts the onus on the state to clear the way for you to vote. So Australia has a national holiday for voting. All the community centers are, are very open. Uh, in in Australia, I, I, like there's you, you don't one poor people should be fucking voting. Uh, it, it's like a twenty five dollar fine, and and they waive it for like poor people, but they have like they have ninety something percent turnout in countries where they have compulsory voting. Now I, I want it to be a holiday because I want it to be uniform as well. Because one of, one of my biggest issues is the fact that, like, we'll pop up and there's, like, a city council election in the middle of June. Like, oh, well, I didn't know that was going on. And if I didn't know it was going on, the people that don't pay attention to this shit aren't going to know what's going on. So it should be on election day. Election day, like, there should be election day in May. There should be an election day in November. Those days are set. All races have to be on in those two days. Employers would have to provide time to vote if you were working. And if it's a holiday, they'd have to pay you time and a half. But nobody nobody gets punished in, in these countries that do that, Adam. And their governments are a lot more reflective of, of the people. Force, the 2021 Women in the Workplace report surveyed more... We're, we're not even doing election coverage, are we? 423 organizations. 
The study concluded that although women are making strides in the workplace, they feel that their efforts are often unrecognized and unrewarded. CBS News' Elise Preston has more on the report. Chicago media entrepreneur Olivia Mancuso is her own boss. I get to decide what my labor is worth. This is the U.S., but we can make it what we want it to be, Adam. Level management job this past March after it doesn't have to be this way. Compensated and stressed out. It even took a toll on her body. I was losing clumps and clumps of hair. I just could not believe what I was seeing. This no, I'm, I'm, I'm not with that. In found women are increasingly burned out and more so than men. One third said they considered leaving or downshifting their careers. I think we should look at that as a bellwether for how women are feeling and the toll it's taking on them. Report authors Alexis Krivkovich and Rachel Thomas say women have stepped up during the pandemic. I'm into electoral politics. I've like. But only a quarter of Once again, I will tell you that every time there's a revolution, usually the thing that results is, is not better than what we had before. Join me in taking over electoral politics. Run for office. Fucking mass action in the streets, though, is also needed. We need popular support. I'm on board with compulsory voting. Sorry. And and countries that have it are a hell of a lot more representative or a hell of a lot more represented by their government than we are. Hands down. They're going they're going to be calling this race shortly. I assume. We're now up to McAuliffe is at forty six percent, Yunkin at fifty three percent. It will continue to close. It's going to be closer than what right-wingers like Jake are expecting right now. Will it close enough for McAuliffe to win? I would say in the next couple of hours. I mean, we're right now at 81% reporting. But the last little bit is going to be the, the slowest to come in. Will be the biggest areas, Richmond... Suburbs of D.C. Probably what we're lacking right now. Phil Murphy has taken the lead again in New Jersey with 35% of the precincts reporting. Up 50% to 49%. I don't know what you mean by ping yourself. I responded to you just as soon as you, you saw it. It's possible I might be a little behind my um my internet dropped out for a second, but like it should have it should have came right back. So I'm actually I'm surprised that CBSN is talking about this shit instead of the election. Let's see what uh the choice. The Peacock streaming channel.
Oh shit, they aren't live anymore. We got PBS. I would love PBS right now. Y'all will go to the PBS. Eight percent of precincts reporting. Republican Glenn Youngkin leads Democrat Terry McAuliffe with 53.2% to 46.1% of the vote. And in New Jersey, incumbent Democratic Governor Phil Murphy is in a tighter re-election race than expected, with 33% of precincts reporting he has 49% of the vote to Republican. They are expecting that margin to... And in New York City, Democrat Eric Adams has expand. easily defeated Republican Curtis Sliwa. And that is the news hour for tonight. I'm Judy Woodruff. Follow the latest election results on our website. And join us again here tomorrow evening for all of us at the PBS News Hour. Thank you. Please stay safe. And we'll well shit. They're leaving us. It's back to CBS News we go. I'll tell you what, let's do Fox News. Let's see what they're saying. Not even not even a fucking news channel. They're just staked out at fucking Youngkin's headquarters. So, so McCullough's going to win the county, but that's an impressive number for Youngkin. You know, he, he got his voters to the polls. And I would argue, Sean, if you want to break down this state, knowing... The fuck? is the story so far rural area young god damn it that he could get a greater percentage of the vote even over donald trump uh, in some of these counties that's story number one of the after watching that piece we watched on cnn i didn't figure it pass Richmond is a really good example here. Chesterfield, Youngkin, he's outperformed by about four points in that county alone. So, so it's the rural area, it's the suburbs, and Loudoun County, I would argue, Sean, is the issues county in this campaign. And Youngkin did better than he had. Uh, that. Adam, we've had this discussion over and over and over again. It takes a multi-pronged approach. It takes me doing electoral politics and getting people like AOC and Rashida Tlaib elected. And it takes popular action out in the streets. It's not a one, one-way street. doing a great job at the board, I think. Uh, when you put it into perspective, yeah. and we get to look back at 2020 and compare it to 20, and I do electoral politics, and I'm telling you that, um, and then you just from history, when you have a mass uprising, usually what replaces the government is not better. About a 15 percent shift in voters from Democrat to Republican. You could, in, 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 you could. in a one-year period of time. Yeah, that, that a crosses remarkable po- statement. Sean, that crosses political lines, it crosses social lines. Well, they're, they're saying this 15-point shift, but we're talking like a, presid- a, a record-setting presidential election year versus an off-off-year election. This isn't even a fucking congressional year election. Uh, thank you, Bill Hemmer. You've been great all night. So it, it's comparing apples to oranges. Of course, the vote is going to be depressed. I can't even believe they have governor's races in the off-off-year election. Picture, and that is the impact on the Biden agenda. Because 
There were two people that were... Like all throughout history, motherfucker. That was... Senator Just look at the Arab Spring. Of Arizona. I would imagine that this agenda now gets revisited by a lot of people that probably... When you, when you create those kind of conditions, you are creating the conditions for a strong man to come to power. Maybe they don't want to go down that socialist path that apparently is not working very well tonight for Democrats. What socialist path? What socialist path? And then West Virginia split and became its own state. So if you're the senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, right now, and you're looking at Virginia, where three statewide races look like they're flipping from Democrat to Republican, including the governor, of course. The Virginia House of Delegates looks like it's going to split from Democrat to Republican. Fox's audio is shit. To be careful the Biden agenda. How many of these people that are are packed in there, no mask, are vaccinated? In an even more enhanced position to say no to the Biden agenda. We'll ultimately see what he does, but that's if I were in the White House. That is one of the huge policy blowbacks as a result of this election. Now, Looks like their MiFi is froze. Don't forget New Jersey. Move your eyes up I-95 to, to Virginia, to New Jersey. Uh, I'm, I'm, looking a new, I'm looking at 49 third of the race. I'm looking at 39% of the vote in, and it's uh, the Republican up by by nearly a full point. I don't think most people expected that at 40% of the vote. Uh, what are the long-term ramifications, Sarah Sanders, for the Democratic Party? Well, I think it's, uh, it shows... Catarelli and Murphy keep trading it back and forth. It's at 50%, 49%. Big lessons that you can take away from tonight is the number of parents who are standing up and pushing... McAuliffe back. still chipping away at it. 46% to 53% for Youngkin right now. It's just, it's wild. This is a news channel, and it's like they are promoting Youngkin. Period. Like, they like they don't even seeing tonight are pushing back on that law and saying we're not make a show of impartiality sure that we're electing people that are going to stand up and remind people that america is the greatest country on the face of the planet and we need more leaders like glenn yuckin who understand it so we need more leaders just blowing smoke up people's asses and telling them what they want to hear Joining us, uh, Sarah. Thank you, Ari Fleischer. Thank you, Bill Hammersman. Ari fucking Fleischer. Sarah, everybody. Uh, what a night. Uh, anyway, unfortunately, that's all the time we have left for this evening. We will have full, complete analysis tomorrow night, and a lot to go over. A lot of angles we'll be covering. Now, stay with the Fox News Channel for continuing election coverage. Thank you, as always, for being with us. Laura Ingram's up next. We'll see you back here tomorrow night. Everybody get your Nazi salutes ready. I'm Laura Ingram, and this is the Ingram Angle from Washington tonight. So wait, like, they're doing shows and just playing the audio over a live shot of the Yunkin rally for their YouTube feed. needs to win roughly two-thirds of the... Trump is a traitor and a child rapist. There's a lot of things you can call him. Legend, perhaps, in his own mind. But again, Youngkin has a very clear And don't forget, he said he wasn't going to take a booster, so we're still on tonight. The seismic event that is this Virginia governor's race. We have reporters on the ground and full election analysis from some of the best political thinkers in the country throughout this hour. And you've been hearing me talk about this now for a better part of uh, the last year. 
by all accounts, Glenn Youngkin has outperformed in counties from deep blue suburban northern Virginia to the rural southwest. And it's very important to remember. Everyone has to remember. Um, he is a traitor to the country. He just one year ago started an insurrection on top of, like fucking on top of everything else he fucking did he's a child rapist he's a liar and a fraud we virginians have watched in horror as biden has destroyed almost every advantage and let's let's not i'm old enough to remember back when he was considered a joke before nbc rehabilitated him he was the butt of every fucking joke Nobody took that stupid fuck seriously. So if if you're on the side of the child rapist, I don't have much respect for you. Fuck Joe Biden. We aren't Democrats around here, but Biden was a million times better than Trump, hands down. Every Republican in my lifetime has crashed the economy and ballooned the debt. Every Democrat in my lifetime has cut the deficit and presided over record GDP growth. I have no doubt that Biden will do the same. Where are you from? He is a legend, a legend in his own mind. I'm assuming the Fox feed is just expecting Youngkin to be giving a victory speech soon. Adam's raw tonight. He got that moderator power, so you better suck up to him. A part of Asia. Ooh, that's why Adam's raw tonight. He's sober. That doesn't tell me what country you're in, dude. What entails legend? That's a good question. Let's get a precising definition on that. A story from the fucking Merriam-Webster in your ads. A story from the past that is believed by many people but cannot be proved to be true. A famous or important person who is known for doing something extremely well. Known for doing something extremely well. Trump is known for doing something extremely well, and that's fucking shit up. Bankrupt every fucking company he's been involved in, every business venture he's had. Fuck the country up. Mm, Kuwait is one of our allies, but... um. I would tell you our biggest ally in the Middle East is Israel. But I mean, that's subjective. <laughs> Kuwait is, is one of our allies. 
Yep, yep, the Saudis, yeah, the Saudis. All kinds of the good, good. Uh, MBS, uh, my co-host of my comedy show has the biggest crush on MBS. Like you just, you mentioned President Bonesaw and you can see your nips get hard. It's crazy. I'm not joking either. <laughs> oh. Have you not ever heard her talk about that, Tones? Ask her this Friday about her crush on, on President Bonesaw. So yes, the question in Minneapolis on uh, reorganizing the police has failed to 57% to 43%. Unfortunately. But as I said, after we watched the um, the clip on CNN, I was pretty sure it was going to fail. The dank orientation. I'm for democracy. I'm pro-democracy. A lot of people on my channel will talk to you about Socialism, capitalism. But uh, democracy is the most important thing in my mind. And I think America needs a hell of a lot more of it. I, I want the country to represent the people that live in it. Go check out the Washington Post coverage, shall we? About this entire journey. That's who he was, and I appreciate you for that. And the man that captured my voice. I don't really think of communism. It's a means to an end. However, the market needs to be organized to best represent the people. Now, the other people in the chat are very communist, very socialist. Communication director, all of you know who he are, who he is. You know how dedicated and committed he has been. And he just ma- played a major role in putting together our communication. And lastly, the Washington Post has both McAuliffe and Youngkins speaking broken English. Came for Peru. Campaign rallies up. Just wanted to eat out a living for her. Looks like there's more enthusiasm on the Youngkin side. She came into my office one day and she said that, you know, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I just want to give you some advice. 83% of the vote in. And she became the center of Borough Hall. She took over my entire life. And made the lieutenant governor's race mirroring the governor's race. And it's so significant, so significant, Adonis. I, all economies are a mixed economy. Certain industries need to be nationalized. Certain, I, I'm a big fan of co-ops. And it's not. It is just the ability to give them the opportunity, and they will rise to the occasion all the time. 
I, I think I think the way forward is a blended mix. Unfettered capitalism is destroying us at the moment, though. I appear as a far leftist to a lot of people just because, like, far left policy is the prescription for what is wrong with the world, with this country right now. Well, let's pause for a moment because we're hearing from our election insights team that there is a race call to make. Uh oh. Here we go. The Associated Press is now calling. Oh. Representatives race we already knew this one. District in Ohio, they are projecting that Mike Carey will win the special election and keep the seat in the Republican column. The seat was most recently held. Marx is very misunderstood by a lot of people. People, people that hate Marx has never read fucking Marx. Motherfucker was right about so much. The Post, Jeremy Bowers, for more details, Jeremy. Hey, thanks a lot, Libby. You know, this was one of two special elections that we were watching tonight in the state of Ohio. One Boy, of did the boomers ever. Called relatively early. That's the Ohio 11th district, and it was called for a Democrat. And then this is uh, the exact opposite. This is Val a- is very misunderstood, and I love throwing that up in right-wingers, like these gun nuts. They always talk about, like, China disarmed people. Like, Mao Zedong fucking loved him some guns and thought everybody needed some guns. Mike Carey is going to hold this district. and You ain't got a wife, Jake. Don't lie to us. You never had pussy. We're watching that Virginia governor's race. We're watching the New Jersey governor's race still. But uh, we're going to have to give it back to you in the studio now, Libby, until we have any more updates. Thanks so much, Jeremy. With me now, national political correspondent and author of the trailer newsletter, Dave Weigel. Dave, thanks for joining us. What is your eye on tonight at this hour? Uh, well, I was watching that Ohio race that you just mentioned. I, I talked to Steve Stivers, who'd vacated that seat, and he was uh, predicting a Republican win, but closer to the Trump margin of 14 points than his old margins, which were about twice as big. That feel, feels like where it's ending up. You know? Ah, the bird's the word. Uh, that's one thing I've, I'm noticing in... There's a lot to count, but in a few places in New Hampshire and parts of New Jersey, there you're not seeing uh, quite the same movement against uh, Democrats that you did in in Virginia. In Ohio, that looks pretty static. Uh, And you found in in the reporters the Post had on the ground in the district. uh, Jake is one of those people that has never read Marx, has no clue about Mao. Once again, completely misunderstood by idiot right-wingers. The Yunkin campaign, which mentioned uh, Donald Trump in the very beginning to win the primary, then really never again when he would get away with it. Rhonda, let's go to you. You know, there's only a couple of these House races that we've been watching uh, because it is this off year. Um, but this Ohio election, not a surprise. Because Adam, don't do anything rash. In that Republican, that solid Republican district. I need you here in my chat. Uh, keeping things peaceful uh, and also like badgering me about revolution did say that russo the democratic candidate did run a a pretty good race they they admitted that that she was a strong candidate she was able to appeal to uh, what does clintonista mean does include uh, i never defended mal i said he was misunderstood by right-wingers who want to demonize him you want to talk about in that district so the deaths it wasn't thought that it would go to Democrats. Fucking capitalism, dude. The British British East India Company alone white, and as I mentioned, killed far more people than Marxist ideas ever did. Um, but one of the important things... Adam Pants Adam. <laughs> ...is that 
This is the last congressional uh, race before Ohio loses a seat, a congressional seat, due to the, the latest census report. So uh, both of the both of those uh, areas... Those are chump numbers compared to the British East India Company, sir. ...to happen as they did, um, but Ohio is a very interesting state. Rookie numbers, you got to bump those up. Northeast Ohio, and then just a couple hours south, you have such a, uh, a red-friendly area in Ohio 15. And in between there, you have uh, Jim Jordan's district, which we know he's uh, one of you the... You can call bullshit on me all you want to. You live in a fantasy world. The slices of life in Ohio in these congressional races. Yeah, let's not even mention, like, all the wars the U.S. has started. Like, do, do they count towards capitalism's body count? All the fucking innocent people we killed in Vietnam or in Korea? Uh, that's also what about all the people that the U.S. has starved because of their sanctions? Because they were scared to death of letting countries have uh, uh, their own self-determination. I'm not a Maoist, you fucking idiot. Stop strawmanning me. ...stood up to protesters and demanded he defund the police. Uh, he is favored, and the ballot referendum, question two, on replacing the city's uh, police department, changing the city charter and creating a public safety department, that has failed. Uh, that was one that people... On the left, those candidates for mayor who were not Jacob Fry were were pretty hopeful about. They thought they had put together a coalition of uh, of, of of white liberals and some non-white voters who could push over the top. The opponents always said, "Look, this this measure, which can be framed because it would." There's language in Minneapolis's charter that sets how many police there need to be in the city. I thought South Korea has universal health care. I thought I thought that's tyranny. I didn't know that was free. Getting rid of police. When we're South Korea's free. They've lost 200 police officers this year to retirements to other cities. Uh, they had argued that black voters would turn out against it. That appears to have happened. But at the same time, in Austin, it looks like the city is going to reject a measure that would have increased the number of police in the city. The difference I would say there is that that measure was um, supported by Republicans who are not popular in Austin. The Minneapolis measure did divide the Democratic Party. The Democrats in the suburbs. This shithead tells me he doesn't have time to come on the show, but yet he's going to troll my fucking chat. Congressman Ilhan Omar represents Minneapolis. Jake, you can't even define socialism. It's not good in a city where Democrats dominate. They win, you know, 75% of the vote, where they're actually split on the question. That's clear what happened. Republican voters came out against it, independents came out against it. And Democrats are split. Dave, take us to some of the other mayoral contests. We're looking at Atlanta. Uh, now, the key there is that a candidate would have to get 50% of the vote to avoid a runoff. What are the dynamics at play in Atlanta? Uh, in, a, in Atlanta, you have something similar where Mayor uh, Kazim Reed, he was, he was mayor for eight years. He was not always popular, but crime was low when he when he was in. Yes, you're the troll patrol, and I'm the J- Jacob show. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm going to make fun of kids and get upset at the Moore's company because they don't advertise me. On, uh, we need less police. They're all running on tough on crime. Now, Democratic messaging on, on, on crime, I wouldn't say it's evolved a lot since 2020. Uh, I think it's sharpened. As soon as the defund the police slogan movement, as soon as that got going, Democrats trying to formulate a version of we need a police accountability and reform, but also public safety. Uh, But sometimes stopping short of saying, and we must hire more police. Uh, There are a lot of suburban races where Democrats ran on a similar message to that. And I'm 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 curious where that goes. But in in cities where it was uh, a little bit clear of a choice, it was this is entirely about public safety. We're not changing the police department at all. Uh, 
you're going to see a version of that in, uh, I think, in Cleveland. There's a chance that a police accountability measure could pass. It's just when you when you factor in if if elected or if this passes, we're going to reduce the number of police. Uh, that just not as that is not something most voters, even in liberal cities, are gravitating towards right now. I mean, Larry Krasner won in Philadelphia. He really won that race, won the primary. Um, that was not about police. He had the fact that crimes were up, the, the police were against him. It was a much more complicated race than, than what you're seeing break against liberals now. I want to highlight that breaking news. You just heard Dave Weigel talk about a moment ago that Minnesota, Minneapolis, we're looking at here, has rejected this ballot measure that would have revamped the police in the city. Uh, it captured the world's attention because it was the location of George Floyd's murder. And according to the Associated Press, the no votes will carry the day on question two, which will, so that means they will maintain the existing structure of the Minneapolis. It seems like it was designed to fail, especially doing it in the off-off year election. In terms of messaging, but also... Depends on, if you're a rich person, the economy is fantastic in the U.S. Deal in my hometown. Libby, if you ain't rich, uh, incredibly contentious as Dave was just talking. It ain't good for you. It hasn't been good for a while. Nobody's sad, Jake. The uh, Minneapolis police to cope some more, you stupid fuck. Take the stage. Let's go now to Tyson's corner. Well, good evening, everybody. What an honor to be here with you tonight. Let me first of all thank you for coming out here tonight. Biden inflation. Thank our great governor Ralph Northam and Pam Northam. How fucking stupid can you be? So we still got a lot of votes to count. We got about 18% of the vote out, so we're going to continue to count the votes because every single Virginian deserves to have their vote counted. Let me, first of all, I want to thank everybody here with us. Still closing. 47% to 52% right now. 328 days ago. I have done an average. You've got plenty of money, Jake. You're an idiot. For the last 328 days. And, and it was great to be out here. And we opened up this campaign. When I kicked off this campaign down in Richmond with my great co-chairs, LeVar Stoney and... Louise Lucas and Charnel Herring to talk about his opponent. You're calling McAuliffe corrupt when his opponent was the CEO of the Carlisle Group. Give me a break. And to get everybody access to broadband. You just throw around words you don't know the fucking meaning of and you don't have evidence to back it up. And we have continued to take that fight throughout this Commonwealth. But first of all, I want to thank my family. I want to start by thanking. Well, Republicans don't give a shit about the debt. That's why every single Republican president in my lifetime has ballooned the debt. They were one of those investment firms. Wasn't wasn't that one of uh, fucking Mitt Romney's fucking plate? Thirteen million more meals served to needy children here in the Commonwealth. And I want to thank my family. You know, you don't get to pick your parents. The Carlisle Group is an American multinational private equity alternative asset management and financial services corporation. You want to talk about corrupt, the CEO of a multinational private equity alternative asset management and financial services corporation is fucking corrupt. Who is here with his fiance Shannon tonight. 
Oh, yeah, but that was the uh, uh, Baines. Yeah, you're Sally right. Bain Capital. And Peter McCollum. So let's go, let's count all these votes, but let me thank each and every one of you over the course of the last 11 months for the doors that you've knocked on, the phone calls that you made just last Oh week. yeah, Carlisle Group was uh, instrumental in the push for the war in Iraq. I want to thank you. The McCullough family loves each and every one of you. Thank you for what you've done for this campaign. And I want to Carlisle Group owns United Defense. The greatest campaign staff ever assembled, and give them a great round of applause for all the great work they have done. But folks, if I said long ago, this is a different state. When Ralph and I were elected eight years ago, we have made our state... Yes, Jake, yes, Jake, 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 Jake. You just described capitalism. You described fucking all these big companies, which is the result of capitalism, are corrupt. Thank you. That's why you need to join with us in collective action to rein them in. But you don't want to do that, do you? You want to keep the system that benefits you in place. You would be okay with big pharma, big tech, big media, and big government. And you totally are when they're on your side. You want to use them to crush us. Because historically, corporations have been on your side. But the problem now is just because the Mars Corporation is marketing to people with kids, which happens to be my fucking generation, you're going ape shit. You can't stand it because you're not the center of attention anymore. They're not catering to the straight, cis, white, male, baby boomer. And it scares you, and you can't cope with it. You got it, you your little temp tantrums. This night, and uh, they, they brought the crowd in here, really, for this address, and yeah, I wasn't really a concession speech that he said that he had 18% more of the votes to count, but that, uh, you know, he thanked his... You want to take on Big Pharma? Medicare for all. You want to nationalize Facebook? I'm down with it. You want to bring back the fairness doctrine? Take on media? I'm totally cool with that. Our public airwaves. I am so goddamn tired of all the AM stations having conservative idiots on the public airwaves. That's big media. As for big government, you're, you love big government. What, what do you think we spend the most on in this country? Cops in the military, you stupid shit. You say you stand against tyranny and big government, yet you back the blue. The disconnect is insane. Jake, how do I want to censor you? I want you to come on my show and you won't goddamn do it because you're scared. You stupid fuck. Tell me I want to censor you. Has anybody censored you here in my chat? I'm literally trying to give you a platform, you stupid fuck. And you accuse me of censoring you? How fucking dare you?
What the fuck is wrong with you? How stupid can somebody be? I want to censor you! Fuck! You are saying to somebody who has spent more time in Facebook jail, who just barely got his YouTube channel back, who has been banned from multiple venues for performing stand-up comedy... Why don't you say something intelligent, dude? Why don't you have a fucking thought? I want to censor you. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. How has anybody tried to censor you? You just want to play victim. Yeah, yeah, it's just me yelling at the chat. I'm sorry. I don't want to run you off. I've still got an awesome... Puppy video, I promise, puppy video. I'd like to get a call in this Virginia race. It is, once again, closing 52% to 48%, with 88% of the precincts reporting. It's going to continue to close. Will McAuliffe be able to close it all the way to take the win? That's the question. I'm not McAuliffe coming out and giving a speech right now. That could be a strategy in order to portray himself as the winner. Should it be too close to call tonight and it comes down to a recount? Which is a smart move. Hey podcast listeners, this is Justin Freakin from the future. I decided that it would probably be best if I cut out all the um, waiting on election results that we did because it's kind of boring. So this is where you're going to do the time warp and we're going to go ahead and we're going to join Glenn Youngkin giving his victory speech. I can't make out that song. Oh, that's uh, Spirit in the Sky, isn't it? Now, that's a good possibility. Especially he's never been in politics. He's riding this wave of invincibility, and it looks like he is going to have a split state house at the very least. trying to get an update on exactly what the Virginia State House was going to look like. Wow. Wow. Couple progressive wins tonight. Wow. 
Let him meet that spirit in the sky. Thank you. Wow. Amazing. Virginia, we won this thing! How much fun. How much fun. First of all, first of all, thank you all for waiting, waiting a few minutes. How much fun he had blowing those dog whistles. Shortly. Amazing. Well past his bedtime at after one o'clock on the East Coast. Let me thank Suzanne. Let me thank Suzanne. Just oh. I have said many, many times that the Lord knew what he was doing because I need her a lot more than she needs me. Gendered, gendered God as a woman. That's interesting. When I told you on that fateful Friday afternoon. Women were a 15-point swing in Virginia to the GOP. To serve Virginians. You did respond. You responded with grace. You, sub- you responded with support. You responded grace, I know her. Conditional love. Thank you. Thank you. I also have to thank my amazing kids. Because I'm not sure that they were all on board at the beginning. <laughs> what do you mean, how old? This is live. Thank you, Grant, Anna, John, Thomas. John, thank you over in Dublin. I love you guys. I love you guys. And I want to thank... This is the victory speech for Glenn Youngkin in the Virginia governor's race. Oh, Glenn. Oh, okay. 60-something? My fellow Virginians. 54. We stand here. My bad. (laughs) At this defining moment. A defining moment that, yes, started with two people on a walk. And a defining moment that is now millions of Virginians walking together. They were walking with a ghost. Walking together, sharing dreams and hopes, just like the ones that have always been planted on my own heart. Dreams and hopes for Virginia that soars, a Virginia that never... I hate the religious language. A Virginia where the Virginia promise comes alive for everyone that calls this Virginia home. I called Virginia home for a little while. Together, together, we will change the trajectory of this commonwealth. It's actually a pretty cool state. And friends, we are going to start that transformation on day one. There is Amen, Dip. Time to waste. 
Our kids can't wait. We work in real people time, not government time. And so on day one, we're going to work. We're going to restore excellence in our schools. Well, he's going to have to get some compromise because once again, we will invest it, is, it is looking to be a split state House of Delegates. We're going to invest in teachers, new facilities, special education. We're going to introduce choice within our public school system. How about that choice within the public school system? We're going to start with 20 charter schools and we are going to make a down payment and close the gap on giving fucking charter schools, which by the way, on average perform worse than public schools, way more money, not ignore them. We're going to press forward with a curriculum that includes listening to parents' input, a curriculum that allows our children to run as fast as they can, teaching them how to think, enabling their dreams to soar. Friends, oh, I wish you motherfuckers would teach logic. Then I would have a lot easier time. But no, you don't actually teach people how to think. We are fighting for parents and students and teachers and our schools. Friends, we will reduce our cost of living. On day one, we will declare the largest tax refund in the history of Virginia. We're going to eliminate... He's not going to be able to do that by himself. Suspend the most recent hike in the gas tax. Double everybody's standard deduction. And we are going to cut taxes on the retirement income of our veterans. All, all in, we're going to say... Veterans pay taxes on their retirement... What? One. We are going to keep our communities safe. I've I've got a one of my best friends is a vet, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't pay taxes. Because I asked him about doing his taxes this past year, he's like, I don't have to do taxes. I don't pay taxes. What does that mean? Better equipment, more training, programs. Is there something I don't know about? To work to build trust between law enforcement and those they protect and serve. We're gonna you want to build trust with law enforcement, how about like they stop raping kids and planting guns on people and shooting people in the street? That's how you build trust with the police department. And on day one, we're going to jumpstart our jobs and reinvigorate this economy so it lifts up all Virginians. We're going to get this economy moving again, growing 400,000 new jobs, fostering 10,000 startup businesses. Friends, Virginia will be open for business. (laughs) 
It's time for Virginia to be... Open for business means they want to move to being a right-to-work state. Not leave. They want to they want to incentivize businesses to move there by shoveling public money at them. Prosperity is not burdened or blocked by self-interested politicians. Seriously, if I was my life would be so much easier if I was a right-winger. If I didn't if I didn't have ethics. If I was a sociopath like our friend Jake and I didn't have ethics and I could just go out there and say any fucking bullshit and not worry about what my words caused. I would have it so much easier. It is so easy to be a right-winger. You just feed the idiots whatever they want to hear. For too long, we've we've been expected to shelve our dreams, to shelve our hope, to settle for low expectations. We will not be a commonwealth of low expectations. We'll be a commonwealth of high expectations. What does that mean? And friends, all of that has changed tonight. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What does anything mean? A campaign that came from nowhere. (laughs) But we were joined by Neighbors and friends of all races, of all religions, of all ages, of Jenkins, all welcome. ideologies. And it turned into a... If you're just joining us, this is the projected winner of the Virginia gubernatorial race, Glenn Youngkin, giving his victory speech. Ago. This is the spirit of Virginia coming together like never before. The spirit of Washington and Jefferson and Madison and Monroe and Patrick Henry of Virginians standing up and taking our commonwealth back. Well, I mean, like, day one, the right-wingers are going to feel better. My fellow Virginians... Because it's all about their fifis. It has nothing to do with actual policies. It's our moment for parents, for grandparents, for aunts, for uncles, for neighbors... To change the future of Virginia's children's lives. To change their Virginia journey. It's our time to turn that vision into a reality. It's a vision where Virginia's power, the power that has historically resided in the marbled halls in Richmond, is spread out. Spread out to the... And I think that's, a, that's another reason why they, they ran a black woman as the lieutenant governor. Of liberty and freedom. So that Yunkin could... Throw out the dog horns. Those kitchen tables where breakfast is eaten after a midnight shift. Friends... Gitterelli is actually pulling away in the New Jersey governor's race. To the people, for the people. It was it was neck and neck a little bit ago, and now um, Gitterelli has about a nineteen thousand vote lead. To the docks and still less than a percentage point, though. To the coal fields in Southwest Virginia. To the banks of the James River, to the memorials in Arlington National Cemetery. He was the CEO of the Carlisle Group. 
This is our... He might have worked till midnight, you know. Together and we are going... Banging a secretary in his office or some shit. There are always those. There's those that say that that hill is too steep to climb. But we are empowered. We're empowered by a conviction, a righteous conviction in our children's future. We're strengthened by our collective belief in the Virginia promise. So let's climb that hill together. Let's reinvigorate our future. Let's reinvigorate this amazing commonwealth of Virginia. Running up that hill. Everything he said has been couched in that religious nonsense. Together. 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 We can build a new day. A new day for Virginians. It's a new day. Yes, it is. And we never settle. A new day where all Virginians, all of us, can deserve to look forward to grabbing to a... Where we had a big old bowl of chili. Then achieving that great Virginia promise. God bless you all. Don't make you sound like Alex Jones. And let's go. Marvin Gaye? Oh, he made the he made the uh, comment about the hill being high enough. You got something else to say? What are you signing? What are you signing basketballs? What the what? Why? The projected winner of the Virginia's. I don't think he was a basketball star. I didn't. Is is basketball's not like not like UK. It's not like Kentucky where you know basketball is like a, a big deal, right? Like Virginia Tech football. Of course, heard from Glenn Youngkin upstairs. It's football in Virginia. Hear the music playing him out, and you're going to start to see all of his supporters stream down the stairs into the lobby behind me. I think what's notable is what you heard from Glenn Youngkin tonight is what you've always been hearing from Glenn Youngkin on the campaign trail uh, in these many months. And bullshit? Bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. All right, let's take one more look over here at 538. Both contenders from New Jersey governor made remarks to supporters early Wednesday morning after midnight, neither conceding and both asking supporters to be ready for a longer wait than expected. Still neck and neck, 81% reporting. Looks like it could be tomorrow before we know. Youngkin doesn't say critical race theory by name, but says he will listen to parent input on curriculum. Everybody, everybody talking about critical race theory. It looks like India Walton may have lost in Buffalo, but there are still votes to be counted. Brown has declared himself the winner. There's a special election in the Texas State House where the Republican pulled an upset. Meet turnout expectations, but young expectations throughout Virginia. It's really true, Libby. You know, if I.
I thought I'd close that shit out because I'm ready to show you guys a puppy video. As I said, expect puppies in costumes for the rest of the week because I've got so many cute-ass videos. We'll do the complete rundown of the election tomorrow. Are you excited for your treat? On the Troll Patrol at our usual time. Uh, look at how adorable! Oh my gosh. Well, that stayed on well, Mork. <laughs> hey. Oh, he wants treat so bad! These guys are hilarious. They've all got those, like, uh... Those floppy faces. Oh, those are so cute. They are good boys. They're incredibly good boys. Look at them. Oh, love them. Oh my lord. You got All right. Uh, looks like Echo Plex is doing local love tonight. I believe. Are you excited for your treat? You're watching on Twitch. I'm gonna send you over to Echo Plex. Go, Wugs. Get it quickly. We'll be here on the Troll Patrol tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Pacific. Oh my gosh. I have all the rundown of the day's news and hey. all the election news from today. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you get the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live. Oh, <laughs> you good boys. Are you good boys? Yes, yes they're good boys. They're such good boys. <gasps>